Well, hey there, friends. My name is Max Critchfield. I'm the pastor of College Age Community here at Three Crosses. This podcast exists for the purpose of helping young people flourish in life and faith. In this season of the Praxis Podcast, we're talking about discerning decisions, seeking guidance as it applies to making decisions large and small as faithful followers of Jesus. We selected this topic for the Praxis Podcast because, especially for young adults, there are a lot of big questions that need discerning. Questions about location, vocation, relationship, and much more. So the question is this, how do we walk through those significant crossroads seasons and come out on the other side with maybe not 100% complete certainty, but a peace that the direction that you're going in feels like the next right step in your walk with God? We're getting into those questions and more this season, and I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, today's conversation is a bit different because it's not a conversation. Uh, if you listen to our first couple episodes, uh, our friend Patty Crone has been joining us. She's the Director of Care and Equipping at Three Crosses. Um, and this episode I am recording uh, as a solo endeavor. So uh, Patty will be back for our next episodes and beyond. But uh, the episode that we're recording today will be uh, just me talking. So, <laughs> so glad that you've joined us. I'm really excited for what I'm going to be talking about and sharing with you on this episode of the Praxis Podcast. But before we get there, I wanted to take a moment and do, as we always do, uh, the precious moment. So the precious moment is a time where we share something that is just sparking joy, something that brings a smile to our face as we think about it today. And um, I think for me, last night I went for a walk. It was kind of at dusk. I love, you know, watching the sun go down. There's a nice kind of hour-long walk that I can do around my neighborhood. And um, as the sun was setting and then the sun went down, I was kind of walking. I was pretty close to home and I just hear this chorus of frogs, you know, kind of in these like boggy kind of wet areas kind of off in the dark that I can't see where these frogs are just singing. And um, as I was just walking by and hearing these frogs, that just really put a smile on my face because um, it just reminds me that God's world is alive and it's beautiful. And it was just a joy to be reminded of that as I was just walking, you know, praying, talking with God, listening to my own body and emotions and what's going on in my life was just to have that reminder of God's presence, God's goodness. Uh, and it was a beautiful thing. So I think maybe at this juncture, I'm going to leave some time for you, the listener. We've never done this on the Praxis Podcast, but since uh, it's just me here today, I'm going to invite you to think about a precious moment. So I'm going to give you 15, 20 seconds here to just think about something that's sparking joy in your life. Um, what is something that brings a smile to your face as you think about it, listening to this podcast, wherever you are? I invite you to think about that with God and with yourself within your own heart um, as we begin this conversation. All right. Well, uh, we have talked a bit so far this season about 
kind of the what and why of discernment. Like, what is it that we're talking about when we're talking about discerning and why it's important? Uh, in our last episode, we talked about kind of foundations of discernment. We talked about um, spiritual freedom. We talked about being honest with ourselves um, and some other vital topics. I invite you to go back and listen to those episodes if you missed them. But today, before we go any further, I wanted to talk about scripture and decision-making. Um, in our first couple episodes, we touched upon that idea several times um, that we're talking about. I think uh, Patty used this definition from Tim Keller that uh, decision-making is about um, kind of making choices when the rules don't apply. You know, so it's kind of in that gray where maybe an an answer for our question isn't explicitly written on the pages of Scripture. So we were kind of assuming a bit for the listener and for ourselves that we are growing in knowledge of the Scriptures um, and that we're talking kind of about building a foundation upon that for how we decide when the answer isn't immediately clear. But before we go any further, I do just want to really drill in, and maybe you heard that word assume earlier and I have heard in my life, and you probably have too, that assuming is bad. We shouldn't assume, right? So right here at the beginning of our decision-making process is where we're going to start getting into the tools. We're going to be talking about the role of the Spirit in decision-making, and then just different modules, different tools is, is kind of the picture we're going to use of uh, building a discernment, building a decision as we move forward to really just talk about what the Scriptures have to say about their role in making decisions. Now, I was just thinking about Jesus in the wilderness with um, when he was being tempted. And uh, one of those temptations is, hey, you know, make these stones into bread, right? Jesus had been fasting already for 40 days before these temptations come. So he's probably, you know, fully God, fully man. He's, he's so hungry in this moment. And his response, perhaps you've read this or heard it already, is that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? And in God's word, the Bible, scripture, um, we have God speaking to you and me every word that comes from the mouth of God, that this is uh, the pattern of life and faith for us is to build our life upon um, God's revealed word to you and to me. So, um, in a conversation that's probably going to be a bit shorter today because I'm talking to myself, <laughs> we're talking about this subject of the scripture and decision making from two perspectives. Um, and those two kind of words that I want to dive a bit into as we get down the road of this conversation of decision making are these revelation and formation. Revelation and formation. And so, uh, how are the scriptures? Uh, God's revealed word uh, related to these ideas and how do they relate to decision-making. So let's start with revelation, okay? Revelation. What do the scriptures say about themselves on this idea of revelation? And what I mean by revelation is God's revealing of his path and his way that he wants us to follow. That in the scriptures, we have this revelation, this unveiling, this explanation, this picture of the life that God means for us to live. And the more, the degree to which we learn more of God's revealed way for us, 
the more that we're going to be making wise decisions to walk upon that way, right? That some of Jesus' early disciples, um, his first followers in the book of Acts you know, and beyond, they were called followers of the way, the way of Jesus. It was this shape of life revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, revealed in God's word that we walk upon. You know, I think about Psalm 119 where it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And uh, I mean, that's one of the longest chapters, the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And it's this incredible love letter to God's revelation and how it is the guide that we need to know how to live. Um, Just that picture of, you know, his word lighting the path before us, that without that light, it's dark, right? I remember one time I was in the Boy Scouts and um, we were camping in Yosemite and we were at a, like a ranger talk at this um, fire circle, kind of, I think a Curry Village, and it was at dusk. And I remember there was hundreds of people, you know, here at this talk. I'm there with my Boy Scout troop. And as it kind of concludes, the sun, I mean, it's just kind of the final minutes of fading light before the dark, before nighttime. And so I get up and I'm kind of with some of my friends. I don't have a flashlight, you know, so I'm just, we're kind of walking together. And I kind of, one moment I kind of raise my gaze and look around and I see that I can't see anybody from my troop. And I'm surrounded by this kind of press of people, everybody walking back to their campsites, you know, from this ranger talk. And I start to panic, you know, um, because I don't have a flashlight. I don't know really where we were camping because there's like hundreds of sites in all these places. And, um, I just kind of, my pulse starts to quicken, uh, you know, and just as really darkness is about to fall, I look up and realize I'm right in front of our campsite. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just this this scary moment I felt because I needed a light and I didn't have one in the dark. And when I reflect on those words in Psalm 119, your word is a light unto my path. Without that light, I'm just fumbling in the dark. And maybe for some of us, we can relate to that idea, you know, of living life apart from God. We're trying to make decisions about our future and who we should be and what we should do. And it's just, we're going from one thing to the next. We're just kind of feeling around like, hey, maybe this will be it. And we, we just find ourselves just this anxiety growing in us because we're not finding what we're looking for. But when the, the light comes on, we see this path, everything changes. And that's the function of God's word for you and for me is to light our path, is to show us this is the way. Another psalm that comes to mind is Psalm 1. Um, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the way of the wicked or sit in the seat of sinners or, or stand with sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, God's revelation. And on his word, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. It's just this picture of when we have kind of our roots growing deep down into this law upon which the psalmist says he meditates day and night, reflecting upon, chewing on God's revealed truth, that as he does that, it's this source of refreshment, and he's, he's bearing fruit in every season. 
um, in its season and all that he's doing, he prospering. Um, just this beautiful picture of what happens when we're sinking our roots down into God's revelation. So our ability to make wise decision grows as we learn more of what God intends us, the path of godliness that he's laid out for us in his revealed word. You know, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is breathed by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the person of God would be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture breathed by God, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, knowing what is the way in which I'm supposed to walk. And so as we embark and continue on this conversation of making decisions and how do I do that well, you know, that we might come to something, a decision where where we think it's a gray area, but it's really not because we just don't know the scriptures that well. We don't know what God's word has to say, his mind, his heart, his nature, fully revealed in his word, revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, who came and lived and died and rose again to glorify God and to bring us eternal life. So that's the first idea is revelation, right? If we're seeking to make wise decisions, we have to be growing and sinking our roots into the revealed word of God. So that's our first word is revelation. The second one is formation, and um, why, why this word? And I think this is a really important idea, and it's, also, it's highlighted in the scriptures themselves, because we can know the way of God, but if we're not being formed, we're not being transformed to be more like him, then our ability to make godly decisions will be greatly impaired. Right, I think about Paul kind of writing this, this anguish, this cry in the book of Romans chapter 7. He says, the very thing... I want to do, I don't do. And the very thing I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing, right? He's just talking about this kind of this tortured feeling of like, man, I, I know the right way. I, I know that under this revelation of what I want to do and what I should be doing, but I find just time and time again, I'm deciding to do the opposite of what I know I should do. And what I know I shouldn't be doing, the life I don't want to live, that's what I end up falling into. And I think that that is a formation problem, right? Where I I know what's right, I could tell you the way of God, but I'm not walking on it. And so if we're really going to live out the truth of who God means us to be, you know, as we make decisions large and small, as we move through our young adult years and beyond, just want to highlight the importance of being formed, being shaped, being transformed, being made new from the inside out. Because without that, this exercise in discerning, if this isn't an ongoing process in our life, then what we're talking about is a fruitless exercise. Speaking of fruit, you know, that's what really comes to mind um, when I I think about this is Jesus talking about fruit in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. He says there, he says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves. See, there's this difference between even some of the good things that they're doing and their nature, who they really are. It says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 
every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. See, he says, for the fruit of our life, the the decisions we make, the person that we're becoming, the things that we do um, consciously and unconsciously, those things will only be changed when we have a change in nature, when we've been transformed fundamentally. And when that happens, the, the decisions, the life that begins to flow from us, the nature of it is changed, just like the, the nature of a fruit tree changes the fruit that it bears, so for the life that you and I live. And so if we want to see a change, a change has to happen in us. When I think about just kind of the, the dynamics of how this change happens, I think of a verse, a single verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I heard a speaker talk about this um, very, I think in 2006, which was as of this recording, almost 18 years ago, I think now. Yes, almost 18 years ago. I heard, I think his name was Anth- um, Tony Evans, who's a well-known uh, pastor, speaker. He was the guest speaker at a retreat uh, like a retreat center where I was working, and he was talking about this um, this text. And it was the first time I'd really heard it before, and I've been thinking about it ever since. And uh, there's a whole lot of, of context and explanation of kind of what's happening in this passage. I invite you to read that context um, and check it out. But in, in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says this, And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory. He's talking here, he's kind of uh, talking about Moses, how when he would go up and meet with God on the mountain, when he came down, his face was glowing, and so he would put a veil over his face. But the veil wasn't because uh, it was scary that he was glowing, but because the glory was fading away, and he didn't want the people to see it fading, and so he would cover his face. And then he kind of flips the metaphor a bit, um, and talks about how this veil is over our faces and kind of keeps us from seeing who Jesus really is. Maybe he's just, he's a good teacher. He's an interesting person. Um, not that he was God in the flesh, right? Not that he um, came to rescue his people, to give his life so that we could have life. Um, and so he's talking here, we all who with unveiled faces, right? This, this veil has been removed. We can now see Jesus for who he truly is. And we're contemplating his glory. Now listen to this. Who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So he says, as we're contemplating, as we're meditating upon, kind of using that language of Psalm 1, the Lord's glory, the the glory, the essence of God, who he is, as we do that, we're being changed, right? The root word here is where we get metamorphosis. This, This fundamental transformation is happening in our character, in our nature. We're being transformed into his likeness to more and more resemble and be like him with ever-increasing glory, going from glory to glory. And where does this come from, it says, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So I remember the speaker kind of, he broke it down in this way. He says that the Spirit of God wants to use the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. 
The Spirit of God wants to use the Word of God to make us like the Son of God. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and decision-making in our next episode and kind of dive deeper into some things around that. But that's the work of the Spirit in us using God's Word. Now, where do we see that in our text? It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Contemplate His glory. Where do we see God's glory the glory of the Lord revealed. You know, when, when I go on a walk, I, I look at the sunset, I see, you know, this beautiful imagery. You know, I, I can get a sense, generally, God is, if there is a God out there, no, no matter who I am, that He mighty, He's other, you know, He's powerful. I can get a, a general sense of that. But specifically, who God is, what He's about in the world, what is His plan and purpose for creation, where do we see His glory? It's in God's revealed word, right? That's where, we, where God tells us his, his speaking, what, what he's like, who he is, his plans and purposes for history. He's revealed perfectly in the person of Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, right? And we read of his life. We see his ministry, his character displayed on the pages of the scriptures. And so as we, with unveiled faces, we have eyes to see, ears to hear, as we reflect upon God's glory revealed in his word, as we soak in that, meditate upon it, the spirit of God makes us to be, from the inside out, more like Christ. We're being transformed into his likeness as we gaze upon his likeness, upon his glory. And so that's going to transform us, everything about us, including the decisions that we make including the person we are when no one's looking, including the person that we are just in the, in the snap decisions of the moment. I was just thinking about an example of this, of like, what do you do when somebody cuts you off in traffic? You know, who you really are is revealed in that moment, isn't it? You know, if there's anger, if there's frustration, if there's bitterness in your heart, you're going to honk. You're going to say something. You're going to, anger is going to rise in you. Or if you're not, it won't. But in that moment, you're not deciding to get angry. You're not deciding to honk the horn or say something rude. You know, that's coming from who you are, right? And if we're going to live differently, if we're going to decide differently in those, just those moments where we don't even have time to decide, it's just who we are coming out, we have to be changed. We have to be yielding to this ongoing process of formation, being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. And this isn't just like a, a place where we arrive, but as we have this discussion about decision-making, I think these two words are so vital that they shape everything. They're, they're the foundation that we're building upon. They're the water that we're swimming in. They're this stream of living water that we're planted beside that gives shape to our whole conversation. So I just invite you to consider those two ideas, revelation, right? That am I growing in my knowledge of the way in which God wants me to walk? And that as, as I continue on that journey, that's going to enrich my ability to make wise decisions that honor the Lord. And then furthermore, the idea of formation. Um, am I growing uh, to be more like Christ? Am I yielding to the Spirit's work of using the Word of God to make me more like Him? 
changing my nature so I don't just know the right thing. I'm, I might receive wise counsel, right, from friends, from neighbors, from, uh, you know, a pastor, a mentor. But if I'm not being changed, the whole process is impaired. And uh, so I leave that with you as we continue this discussion on godly discerning decisions. Well, that does it for today's episode of the Praxis Podcast. Thanks for hanging with me, Um, uh, just being a solo host today. I hope you found this conversation helpful on this topic of discerning decisions as we talk about what it looks like to live a life that honors God and the decisions that we face, large and small. And we will catch you next time on the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,